You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Ah, the dating scene. I know it well, my friends. And Fresh shows us the horrors of the modern dating world seen through one young woman's defiant battle to survive her new boyfriend's unusual tendencies. This satirical black comedy thriller is directed by Mimi Cave in her directorial debut from the screenplay by Lauren Kahn. It stars Daisy Edgar-Jones as Noah and Sebastian Stan as Steve. Noah... A young woman trying her hand at online dating has become increasingly disillusioned with dates due to men she interacts with not having general decency or manners. One day at a supermarket, a man named Steve flirts with her and they exchange numbers. The two quickly hit it off and a wonderful, cute relationship begins a white girl's fantasy come true, right? (laughs) Well, you don't ask a question like that without loading it. It's Practically impossible to talk about the twists and turns in this movie without spoiling it. So what we are going to attempt here is to review the performances, the tone, the style, the design, the enjoyment. Without digging into the weeds of what exactly happens here, we will chat for a bit, give it a yay or nay rating, and then we'll give a nice, loud spoiler warning before we delve into some of the details we'd love for all of you to enjoy on your own viewing. I am TC Dewitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by Alan. Hello, hello. Matt. Hello. Andrew. Hi. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, swipe right or left on fresh. Wh- which one? It's swipe right is good? Right is the good one. Right is oh, the good you. one. Okay. Right is the good one. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> I, then swipe I, right. Swipe right. Swipe right. Yes. yes. Well, if you watch the trailer for this movie, you kind of get a sense of what sort of movie you're getting yourself into here. It is a thriller. It has some style. It does have shades of Lifetime movie premises. Premises? Premises. It's like a Lifetime movie, but good. <laughs> Mimi Cave here. For a directorial debut, does a really great job. She's got some good style. This is a good, slick-looking movie. What could very much be a tropey, cliche film with some new ideas. I thought she did a pretty damn good job. Yeah, I thought it's an excellent job. And I think the script is pretty strong, too. And you could feel when a lesser script or a lesser director might lean into cliches as this movie goes along. And as we gave the warning about we're going to go into spoiler territory, that means there are some twists and turns that happen. Mm-hmm. And so often with movies like this, the premise is usually so well done. There's a good setup. There's a good premise. It's like, oh, when this twist happens, that's usually when movies start to dip down into that cliched area and just become like any other thriller. Mm-hmm. But this one managed to um, keep me on my toes just through the style, the direction, the performances being as good as they are, or just like little touches in the script I found like really refreshing. Mm-hmm. I was kind of waiting for it to start to disappoint me. Never fully did. There might be moments here and there, but throughout the film I was hooked. Yeah, I think there's any movie where there's a twist. If you're 
into watching the movie before the twist happens and you're okay with just watching that film and it doesn't even need to be a twist, then I think you're on a really good path. Fresh does that where you could have just watched this kind of romantic comedy version of this movie. Very much so. And so often it's like, can be really disappointing when that part of the movie is good. And then when it twists, the movie it becomes is disappointing. <laughs> it can be like so frustrating and I was just so thankful I didn't have to experience that really with this. Yeah, I look to something like Death Proof. Yeah. You think you're getting one movie, and it's Tarantino, so you know what to expect. But then he pulls that handbrake and gives you a nice swift turn into a different type of movie. And this isn't a night and day difference, but there is some fun to be had in what they do with the tropes of, and I'm going to keep going back to it, what could very easily be a lifetime film. And sure. one of the main reasons I think this works so well is the performances from these two leads, because they are both charming as hell and do a really great job taking this seriously without ever going melodramatic. Sebastian Stan's having a ball in this. Oh, yeah. that's And a movie like this lives and dies on your two leads. If you understand like the idea of a romantic comedy... You have the two protagonists in it. And then same thing with like a thriller. You have like a cat and mouse situation. It's like two different genres they're playing in and the two different parts of this movie. But the characters and the way they perform them stay consistent. It stays grounded enough throughout it. Yeah, you get in the beginning why she's like falling for this guy and that how he's charming. Mm -hmm. You love them, both of them. And then even after these twists start to happen, you're still attracted to both of them and their chemistry together. I thought they were really great on screen together. This movie spends a lot of time alone with one of them, and those parts are also good. Without going into too much detail, there's just a scene of Sebastian Stan jogging mm -hmm. that is like a statement piece about the movie. I always like it when they can make just a kitschy, normal interior look really good. This has that quality where they're like they're paying visual attention to even mundane things. And, and that really sold me on it. And they really put these two people in a capsule by themselves that feels real. Mm -hmm. It helps you not question why other people aren't interfering or what else might be going on outside the building they're in until you need to and are supposed to. And it worked really well for me. Yeah, it's interesting when you take real estate a little bit where I guess this is based in New York City and I lived there for a long time. And you trust people when you walk into an apartment that looks like yours. Yeah. You're familiar with it and you start dating somebody and sometimes you end up in their apartments and those are strange spaces at first and then you kind of get to know the person and you get to know the space. This takes a turn where you're seeing another piece of real estate that's not like a New York City apartment at all. Maybe compare it to a piece of property you might see in a movie like Parasite. It's a little more labyrinthine and then there's more wealth involved and that makes like the main character Noah Daisy Edgar Jones feel immediately uncomfortable, and maybe maybe she should feel a little uncomfortable because it doesn't look like her friend's apartment. Mm -hmm. Her best friend ends up coming into play in, in this too, and I I love Molly the character, the voice of reason, if you will, that best friend. I made the joke in my intro about a white girl's dream come true, right? And that's a line from Molly, who is this very charming, witty friend to Noah, where she's given her her two cents along the way. She loves her. And this goes to the script because there are some nice details from the page up that show how much TLC was put into crafting this film. And it's the dialogue between those two that if you pay attention, it's not deep, it's not deep subtext, but there's enough in the dialogue when we see those two interacting with each other that inform Molly's choices later. And it's a pay attention to the details because you could just as easily cut corners on where this is filmed. You could just as easily cut corners with how you cast it and how those two people talk to each other. One thing I really liked about the script writing here is that there are a lot of conversations in this that are superficially banal and would have been banal in another movie. Mm -hmm. 
but they're used that time is very efficient because it is actually all like even the idle friend chit chat between Molly Noah and then later the bartender all that time that they're speaking they're subtly sketching in things at that time you're learning more and more biographical facts about them mm-hmm. in a very well paced very efficient way those could have been replaced with bus stop conversations that did not further the plot or did not further characterization turn them into drags and and turn them into very typical dialogue for sure so he's just like I had to give it full points for just being deaf and so often in this like the tertiary characters get such short shrift but like he has some dynamics because of those conversations that he's having with molly at the bar like just dropping into place that he has pre-existing sort of connections with both of them makes the uh, last half of the movie much more plausible if he was just some dude why would he involve himself in this you know (laughs) well i'd love to get deeper into this i'd like to get into some spoiler territory here so just real quick round robin yay or nay alan Swipe in right, saying yes. Might even give it up on the first night. Great. <laughs> Man. You know, I didn't get all dressed up for nothing. I'm swiping right on all and sundry. <laughs> Very good. Drew? Yeah, I mean, I would go on a, another date with this movie, I think. Um, but definitely in a public place. <laughs> <laughs> Well, great. If you'd like to listen from this point on, we're going to go into spoiler territory. So you have been warned. Those are our ratings, at least as they are yay or nay. We're not holding back. All right. So here we go. Oh, and and before we spoilerize, should you want to watch the movie in the middle of this review? You know, it is on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. So go give it a watch and come back. Pause right here and come back. All right. Did you pause? Great. Guys, another sneaky entry into M. Night Shyamalan's Unbreakable Cinematic Universe. Can you believe that? Unbelievable. (laughs) That would be great if it was actually the fourth movie of the... Bruce Willis shows up yet again. (laughs) Okay, well, let's get some of these out of the way, okay? The dating scene can be a real killer. Some guys have personality with bite. He probably did all this because he was fed up with dating. Okay, has anyone else got some of those they want to get out of their system? did, Did you prepare? I didn't even think to get the puns ready. Have you ever met somebody that was so lovely you just wanted to eat them up? There we go. Mm, there we go. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they, like I said, they do meet in a grocery store, and they always say that like, you're supposed to shop on the outside aisles if you want to be healthy, and this guy like definitely went right to the, the butcher. <laughs> oh, and you never go shopping hungry. You're just going to pick up the first thing you see. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I feel ill-equipped. One of the things that surprised me most about this movie is at that 30-minute mark, the title drops when the twist of the movie happens that this isn't just going to be some romantic movie that here it comes. Boom. He roofies her. The title comes up and then the real movie begins. He's a freaking cannibal. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> and he's working for some like secret 1% of the 1% organization of cannibals. I liked that angle. I thought that was interesting that he wasn't just like a random person that was eating d- d- girls himself. He was actually, was, there was a market for it. Yeah. yeah. He's both like into it, a connoisseur of it, but he's also involved in this underworld of these other people who are into it. That's really interesting. I love that title splash mm-hmm. over as the camera's movie because I didn't know about the twist and I knew the movie was called Fresh. And it's, of course, a double entendre happening. You know, he's fresh with the ladies. But then when it said fresh, and then soon after the reveal of what is happening, it's like uh, the fresh meat. I was just like, this is this is good. This All is good. in. Like, I'm so pumped for it. Yeah. USDA rated fresh. Yeah. Sebastian Stan, I said he had a lot of fun doing this. He is having a ball being this psychopath. Just his dancing and singing around and just 
never drop in the nice guy act until that last bit where he's like, you lied to me. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. There's some great horror beats in here. Like the one where he just takes a whole attractive female leg out of the fridge Mm -hmm. and just starts working on it. Reminds me a lot of Hannibal. You know, where there's, oh, like, there's like these cannibal cooking sequences that actually kind of make you hungry and then you're worried about yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> disgustingly decadent. I love that, too, because when I was talking about these like twists or like kind of genre flips, so often the punchers are so pulled either on the first part or like a romantic comedy part or whatever genre they're doing, mm-hmm. or when it goes into this thriller horror element. This one, it's visceral and it's violent. They don't, It's not like a PG-13 version of horror. It's... No. A hard R, gore. And they earn it, too. They do not waste their time with gratuity. The violence at the end, like when she's escaping. <sighs> this is what gets me, because I know that if something kills me other than heart disease, it's going to be an upper cabinet door that is open. But whenever somebody <laughs> gets gets clonked in a kitchen or something, you just wince. One of the most <laughs> common murder weapons in domestic violence is a wooden cutting board, because oh, people God. hit each other with them and don't it's understand right how hard they are and how, how sharp the corner is. <laughs> this has, in keeping with the culinary theme, there's a prolonged fight in a like one of those almost commercial grade kitchens that you see in McMansions. Yeah. Somebody gets hit with almost everything but the kitchen sink, I think. <laughs> I think someone does get bounced off the actual kitchen sink. It is a really tense fight. I'm like, I love choreographed fights in movies like top-notch martial arts all the way down and this is obviously well choreographed to look really sloppy and rough and i appreciate it so much Mm. i could spot the lazy choreography and action and it's like makes my eyes glaze over and the structure of this at this point we have noah and her friend molly had been abducted there Mm -hmm. and then a friend she's been talking through the wall this whole time i forgot that character's name Penny. 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 penny penny yeah she's out too Full on, there's like a three on one, but they're all pretty injured to various levels. This full scrap out in the kitchen. And it is like mm-hmm. a really exciting, tense fight that I, I was, it did not disappoint in the third act as it's ramping up. And that's what I was saying about them earning that because this could just as easily have been gross, gratuitous. We're talking human centipede level of disgusting. And it never goes there. It slowly earns its way to that action final set piece. And Alan, you had mentioned about the consistency of this film, the way they film that first half. In hindsight, you can see the sensuality and the delicious nature at which the camera is capturing everything from his perspective and how she mm-hmm. glorifies him with her gaze as well. And that's all really smart visuals to prepare us for what comes after. And I really was impressed by that. The first third, like we're talking about the this quote-unquote reveal being kicked late into the movie but the first third is not boring and and had the first third just continued as a romantic comedy i would have finished watching it i was hooked her kind of her reaction sequence when she figured out like oh this is really happening and he's like yeah it's really happening that that really is like how you would react in that situation i think she it was a great piece of acting by her you're sitting there flabbergasted going all the jokes me and my friend make about getting murdered by someone from tinder it's happening to me like shit yeah Yeah. i fell for it and that's a such a crucial scene because that's the turn of the movie like after the reveal and like okay where are these characters at now what's mm-hmm. the tone it's the real tone setter for the rest of the movie it's so delicate because like if it is melodramatic or it is just like shrieking and screaming it's like okay we're going real like texas chainsaw massacre style mm-hmm. and it's grounded enough and sebastian stand but he's still being charming like he's still it's like no this is still the first part of the movie nothing's changed for me i'm the same guy i didn't lie to you the way he expresses that entitlement 
Because yeah. I think everybody in their life has revealed something like that they don't think is as big a deal as their partner mm. might. Yeah, sure. I lost $5,000 playing poker. Who's never done that? <laughs> well, it's, all, it's always, too, about if you're dating somebody, the worst case scenario is that they're married. Mm -hmm. they're, they're hiding a relationship from you because that's why they don't have social media. That's why I don't, you know, and Sebastian Stan's character, Steve, doesn't have an Instagram, and that's a red flag. And the, the ending for me, I think I'm, I'm always expecting something like poetic justice, right? And I think mm -hmm. that the obvious ending is that he ends up on the slab, right? Like that Steve ends up being cut apart and he gets fed to the 1%. Mm. That's the obvious ending, right? And I think I'm not going to go as far as saying like if a man was writing this versus a woman writing it, but I think that's an obvious play to do. And I think women in a way just want to see the guy get the shit kicked out of him at the end. <laughs> yes. And that's what happened at the end of this movie. And, and with you talking about Death Proof too, that's what happens at the end of that movie. That's not really poetic justice. They just beat the shit out of him, and it's still pretty cathartic. It's all very clever throughout, and that consistency that care we were all been talking about earlier about like the script, the way it's shot, the cinematography, the direction, the performances. It's like what really sets it apart from so many streaming movies, where things just feel like they're like conveyor lined out to you, and like especially in the horror genre. Mm -hmm. Shutter aside, they do pretty well with their stuff, but. So many of the horror movies, Netflix or Hulu or Amazon, whatever, it's just so whatever genre they're playing in, like elevated horror, slasher, slapstick, whatever, it's all just so I've seen it checklist, a thousand checklist, times. Checklist, checklist, checklist. Exactly. And in this one, like, there wasn't anything necessarily, like, there wasn't one huge thing that was, like, revolutionary, like, holy shit, I've never seen this in a movie. But it's a lot of stuff that I don't see often done really well with a lot of care and, like, thought put into it it's really cool really well done i'd love to hear some final thoughts here so drew why don't you kick us off well i enjoyed the entire movie i wasn't crazy about the ending i think that could have gone in, in some some different directions and some, some better directions and i think some of the character choices especially with paul's character was a little bizarre and i thought that with some of the dialogue with him was a little cheesy where he just kind of left oh. all of a sudden and just kind of disappeared suddenly and it was just like the most cliche thing that he ever could have said you know it's just like oh like black people die in this movie it's like you're really gonna do that again like that's just really bad writing in, in my opinion it, it hurt an otherwise really good script there was no reason to do that he could have you know had, had another role there and he just kind of takes off so that bothered me and so that and the, the ending of the film just in general i did think landed well but it hit when it needed to i think with just talking about the friendship between Noah and Molly, which was kind of really the entire movie. It's really kind of a buddy movie in a, in a, in a strange way once it comes down to it. So I liked that a lot. And yeah, so it was a lot better than I, I thought it was going to be. And yes, Sebastian definitely got to play his American Psycho character, and it looks like he had a blast with it. So I loved it. It was just really hard to... like I, I had a, a snack right after I watched this movie, and it was <laughs> difficult to eat anything. So it would be, be hard to do a food pairing, I think. I'm going to give it six out of ten cotton candy grapes. <laughs> Very good. Man. I liked it a lot. I do think there's a few beats in it that might be from a more comedy skewing version of the script. Like one of the amputee victims during the escape system. There's a pratfall involving her having only one leg. There's a few other little like hard comedy beats. Like Paul just going, nope, and nope and out. <laughs> Those issues of like uh, a little bit of tonal bounce aside... I really like this quite a bit. I'm going to give it eight plates of spaghetti that made me uncomfortably hungry out of ten. <laughs> Alan. Yeah, I kind of hear what y'all were saying about some of those beats. The trick is, I mean, especially at the end with Paul, I actually loved it because so often in movies, 
when there is like, especially like the black male character who's just like, oh, I know what happens to us in these seven movies. I'm getting out of here. Typically, they either die or they like become a hero. They're still involved. I like that he just does leave. <laughs> He's just not in the movie anymore. I found that to be really funny. Like when the movie ended, I was like, oh, he really did just leave because he's going out there to check out like his old sort of friend he used to hook up with. It's not like his best friend or even his girlfriend. He's out there. He's like, oh, she hasn't called me back. I'm concerned. He gets out there. He's like, oh, this is like actually scary. Fuck this. And this like bounces. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it, it does a typical joke. And then the subversion is him actually leaving and being safe and just getting out of there. I quite enjoyed that. I do like have some other qualms here and there. They're nitpicky, but with so much of the movie being so well crafted, we're talking about the reveal shot of Shabazz and Stan, the way the movie shot in the first half, the really sly and almost like too subtle to notice on the first run through bits of dialogue that are alluding to what's to come and what does come. And then the reveal with the victims taking him over at the end with a final fight in a kitchen. It's just all well balanced and so well done to me that I, it wouldn't be over regardless of like the misgivings I did have about it. So I'm thinking about a solid 8.35 out of 10 liver pâtés. Very good. Very good. <laughs> well, as far as thrillers go, this is better than anything you're going to get on Oxygen or Lifetime or Hallmark. Even if on the page it feels exactly like those movies, there's a real budget here. There's actual talent in front of and behind the camera. Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan are both very charming and never feel like they're just earning themselves a paycheck. Mimi Cave shows a competency here that I think puts her into a similar wheelhouse as far as dark satirical thrillers like this goes as Jordan Peele. I'm generally impressed. And as this is a debut, I think Mimi Cave has a future in front of her. And I'm interested to see where she goes with this. This isn't a perfect film. It's not exactly breaking the mold, but I still liked it. I do agree with Drew that the ending does leave a little bit to be desired, but it made for a real solid, thrilling watch. And if you're into these sorts of things, Silence of the Lambs, Dexter, Get Out, put this on your list. For me, this is a 6 out of 10 meat tenderizers to the face. Now, do we all want to go grab a bite to eat? How's everyone feel about that? Hey, if we pull our money, we can get one really delicious plate of food somewhere. Maybe we can find a meatless Monday somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>